Praise the Lord, everybody. You can't get the Holy Ghost in an atmosphere like this. You'll never get it anywhere. Hallelujah. This is where God dwells. This is where God is. You need anything from the Lord? You can get it right here. Praise God. Somebody praise Him. Somebody magnify Him. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I just told the pastor, I said, there's nobody we love like brother and sister Mayo. That's the truth. I mean, that's the truth. Talk about people walking in the Holy Ghost and giving every corpuscle. Hallelujah to the work of God. That's these people. Brother Mayo, it was 33 years ago I met you. 33 years. And these 33 years have gone by. And uh, you hadn't been in the church too long when we came by. And uh, I want you to know that Brother Mayo was a wild man then. And he's a wild man now. He's not as young as he used to be. I've been watching to see if he can jump like he used to. But he did pretty good today. Joining the ranks of the senior citizens. Does anybody here love the pastor? His wonderful wife, Sister Ellen, there just isn't anybody like her. Nobody like her. We love you. We love your no longer children, but your grown up children. Harry and Zach. And hallelujah. And now those that they've married, and they're your grandkids. Isn't God good? tell you what God's good there isn't anything like this folks and we're sitting on the horizon of this dispensation Jesus is coming I used to lay in my bed as a little boy afraid almost to go to sleep because the preacher just preached Jesus is coming I used to preach it all the time back then we believed in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus that he could come at any moment. Now we're there, folks. We're there. Hallelujah. I mean, he could come today. Wouldn't be a bit surprised. Praise God. And I'm going to preach a little bit, and it's not going to be your normal deal. And Pastor Mayo can apologize for me later. But you know, when you get to be 76, I'll be 76 next Friday, and I can do whatever I want to do. started preaching when I was 17, so I guess, you know, when you get 76, you just preach whatever you want to preach, and if I mess up, you just say, well, he's 76. He got a little touched, a little bit Alzheimer's or something. 
So you're very forgiving. But I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to do today. And I, I want to give special honor. I guess I could give it to a lot of people here because I know a number. My brother and sister, Sergeant. I mean, these folks, awesome. I personally met Brother Sergeant 57 years ago. And my wife and I double dated with them on their very first date. Very first date. So we go way back. We just went to the Philippines together in November, and you wonderful folks helped them with that too. And I want to thank you for that because it was the most incredible journey. And my wife and I were celebrating 50 years when we first landed in the Philippines, not knowing anybody, didn't know a soul, didn't have a convert, didn't have a contact. And we were celebrating 50 years, and sergeants got to see it up close and personal. Now 300 churches in the city of Manila. Tens of thousands of people that fill our churches there. 4,000 churches throughout the islands. 1.2 million constituents. The largest that we have anywhere in the world. So we're thankful for that. God has been good. Praise God. Is God good or what? Book of Daniel, verse 8, first chapter. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he required of the prince of the eunuchs, that he might not defile himself. Hallelujah. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And I hope when you get home you can read a little bit more of Daniel, not that you haven't read it, but I'm telling you what, this is a great end time book. It really, really is. Then when you get to the last chapter, verse 9, and he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white. Some of you, that's going to happen to today. Probably already has. We're right at the end. But just before the end, many shall be purified and made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up. There shall be a thousand and two hundred and ninety days. 
Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. And the last verse of Daniel says, But go thy way till the end be. Hallelujah. For thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of days. Praise God. Wasn't sure just exactly what to call this. You know, usually you should put a title on message, right? Why don't we just title it Babylon Defeated? Babylon Defeated. We are living in Babylon. There's a lot of things going on that we never thought we would see, but we preached it for years that it would come. Now we are in Babylon. There's a lot of bad things happening in Babylon. But I want to just preach today, Babylon defeated. Praise God. Would somebody raise your hands right now? Thank God that you are here at this moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. May the word of the Lord have free course today. In the name of Jesus. Somebody said, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Say it again. In the name of Jesus. Babylon is defeated. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout about that. God bless you. You may be seated. Rome taught that man is the measure of all things. The human body was idolized. The human mind became supreme. Reason itself was worshipped. And as it was then... So it is now. We face almost the same culture as the first century church. The culture we face today is a culture that dethrones God and deifies man's achievements. It's a culture that exalts human reason as supreme. The culture we live in today, it trusts education and science to solve its problems. It's a culture that believes that man is evolving into perfection. Good luck. It's a culture that replaces God's moral absolute standards with situational ethics. It's a culture that promotes sexual pleasure and instant gratification. That's the culture that was then. It's the culture that is now. It's a culture that strives for a world utopia of prosperity and peace. It's a culture, and listen to this one, the culture we live in in the United States of America You never thought that we would ever make a statement like this. 
But it's a culture that makes the state the sovereign dictator over everyone. That's the culture we live in. And in the midst of a culture given to evil, Daniel served as a messenger of God with impeccable character and deep prophetic insight. Daniel confronted the culture as a mouthpiece or a spokesman for God. Babylon, where Daniel served, represents evil throughout Scripture. That's what you have to understand about Babylon. When you hear the word Babylon, amen, you've got to just think about evil because that's what Babylon is. And that's what it was representing in Scripture. Moral impurity, blasphemy, hatred of God and his people. It filled Babylonian society. In Spokane and the surrounding area, God is looking for people that will fill roles similar to Daniel in these last days. You listen to this old man preacher. Hallelujah. I believe that there's going to be some Daniels that are going to rise up. Hallelujah. In these last days, the last of the last days, they're going to rise up to confront a culture very much like Babylon. And as messengers prepared and empowered by the Holy Ghost, they're going to stand before God to receive a message and to speak it clearly without compromise and with Christ-like compassion. Hallelujah. There is a new breed of prophetic leaders. They're going to rise up. They're going to interpret history. They're going to predict the future. And they're going to articulate God's plan and purpose for their generation. Hallelujah. It's happening right now, and it's happening in this room. Somebody ought to shout praise to God. Daniel and his three friends were taken into captivity in Jerusalem in about 606 B.C. It was a long time ago. They were thrust into a foreign culture and lifestyle and faced new challenges. The Babylonians made every effort to break the faith of Daniel and his convictions. Oh, hallelujah. And that's what trying to do here. I've seen him fall to the left and to the right. But thank God not everybody's fallen to the left and the right. Hallelujah. Daniel lived for 60 years in Babylon without becoming a Babylonian. Hallelujah. I'm here in the United States of America. Hallelujah. In another Babylon. Hallelujah. But Babylonia does not live in me. Hallelujah, in the midst of this culture, I stand up strong for the power of the name of Jesus Christ and for the church of the living God. Hallelujah, I stand flat-footed in the face of the devil and his kingdom. Hallelujah, devil, you're going to be defeated. Your kingdom is coming down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Don't look so glum, chum. The devil is defeated. The devil is defeated. Babylon is defeated. Babylon is defeated. The church of the living God will never be defeated. 
Somebody clap your hands in praise to this God. To the church today and in the last days, hang on to your hat. I got to go through some stuff. Babylon refers to the network of evil, spiritual powers that seek to control men's minds, their values, their beliefs, their destiny. The devil's working overtime in Babylon. The influence of evil spirits can be seen in educational institutions, economic and political systems, and in the unbiblical religious organizations. It's pervasive. It's everywhere. The Babylonian system opposes God's true church and seeks to destroy it. That's what's happening right now. Seems like the devil's been almost successful for four months now. Can't go to church. Can't sing. My God. Because if you sing, you will contaminate somebody. The Bible says sing a new song. That's what I'm about to do. Hallelujah. There's never been a day like this day where everybody's divided, not united. Amen. I've seen some reports that say since all of this happened, churches try to open up again and only a few are showing up. A spirit of fear has taken over our nation. And the world. This is Babylon. This is the devil's system, the devil's kingdom. The Bible records the beginning of Babylon's history. In the book of Genesis, you can read all about it. The major prophets repeatedly used Babylon as a stereotype for evil. Whenever you see Babylon in the Bible, that's what it stands for. And it gives at least 13 major descriptions of the evil powers of Babylon. Ultimately, Babylon, or Babylonian evil, is judged. <laughs> Hallelujah, not by you, not by the, anybody else. Hallelujah, not by the Supreme Court. Hallelujah, bless their dear little hearts. But by God himself. Amen. Now, we're going to encounter the spiritual powers of Babylon in the last days. You're encountering that right now. The Bible calls Babylon the great harlot with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. That's where we're at right now. Not only is Babylon a place of gross immorality, but it's also filled with the spirit of blasphemy. Thank you for that rousing response. Everywhere you look, there's blasphemy against the things of God in Babylon. Blasphemy, humanism, deception, false powers, false prophets, persecution, demon spirits. 
and the Antichrist. They're all a part of the Babylonian system. We're there. We're living in it real time. Babylon is filled with abominations. All that is perverse, abominable, and unacceptable to God is found in Babylon. Babylon represents people and institutions that hate the church who will persecute the saints of God. Babylon is a culture. It's a value system. It's a spirit. It's an attitude. It's prevalent today. Hatred of righteousness and of the church of Jesus Christ is not only rising, it's here. The Babylonian spirit rules over entire nations. It seduces and manipulates the minds of leaders to bring multitudes of people under its influence. It denounces the Word of God and positions itself against the church of Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about it. The devil is busy because he knows his time is short. We're living in Babylon. It's a well-organized evil. Like a great city, Babylon has its own governments and rulers. Babylon is a prison house of demonic powers. It houses every foul spirit and every unclean and hated bird. Because in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus points out that birds represent demonic spirits trying to snatch away the Word of God and harm the disciples of Jesus Christ. The Babylonian spirit encompasses all the evil in the pit of hell that is injected into this culture. Oh my God, we're seeing it, folks. Everyone runs the risk of being influenced by the spirit of Babylon. And we need to guard. He needs to guard his own mind and his own heart. Your mind, your heart. Praise God. Why don't you right now just put your hand on your head and say, Lord, purify my mind. Hallelujah. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The devil's not going to get into me through my mind. Hallelujah. Cleanse my mind. Anoint my mind. Touch my mind. Hallelujah. Come on, do it, folks. This is not an effort in futility. In Babylon, Babylon is not going to live in us. Babylon is not going to invade our hearts. Babylon is not going to get into our church. Babylon is not going to succeed. Hallelujah. But Babylon is going to be defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. I need somebody to rise up and shout, Babylon is defeated. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody say praise the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You see, Christians should not share in Babylonian sins, beliefs, or philosophies. They should walk a separate path because they're a separated people. We need to have the kind of spirit that Daniel had. Daniel resisted the Babylonian culture and philosophy, and he stood strong for 60 years as a prophetic voice in the midst of perversity. In the book of Revelation, 
pronounces judgment on the whole Babylonian system and all the evil represented in it. The system and culture will be judged by the wrath of God and will be destroyed quickly. Hallelujah. The Lord said, you go up there and you tell those one God apostolics. Hallelujah. You tell them they're living in Babylon. Amen. In case you might not have understood it or you might not realize where you are. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you the devil's already got multiplied millions out there under his control. Amen. They don't know anything about the church of the living God. The devil don't have to attack them much anymore. He's already got them. But I'm here to tell you he hates anything that has to do with God and his church or with righteousness and holiness and separation. He wants all of us to be homogenized. He wants all of us to be Christians, so-called. While he gets in, amen, and we get his value systems in our spirits, and we begin accepting things, oh, just for to accept them because this is the norm. I've come to this church, Cornerstone, hallelujah, to warn you, don't you allow Babylon to get into your mind or into your spirit or into your hearts because Babylon has got to be defeated. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, I need somebody to rise up and say, Babylon, you can have no part with me. Devil, you can have no part with me. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Like Daniel, Christians today, apostolic Christians, hallelujah, have been taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. You see, Western civilization has declined. You might not believe that, but take a look around, pal. But believers should not be seduced by the wonders of Babylon. They should not be deceived by all the sights and sounds of this culture. Nothing they see or lay their hands on in this world is eternal. Some people live in this life like they're going to live here forever. Uh, men's hearts are failing them for fear out there because they see what's going on, but they don't know what it is. They don't know it's Babylon, but it is Babylon. Hallelujah. All they say or all they see will decay and pass away in the twinkling of an eye. It's all going to be gone. Hallelujah. Nothing they see or lay their hands on in this world is eternal. It's all going to melt in the heat of God's judgment on this world at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We as God's people must continually remind ourselves, and I mentioned it yesterday, to the men, we live in a temporary world. We eat temporary food. We wear temporary clothes. We drive temporary cars. Hallelujah. Sorry, Lowell Anderson, that old Plymouth is going to go. Hallelujah. That, what is it? 1970, oh, I wrote in it yesterday. Hallelujah. What a class act. Amen. But it's in Babylon. <laughs> Hallelujah. We live in temporary homes. Hallelujah. Would you understand it with me? This world is not my home. I'm a sojourner in this earth. 
hallelujah, the Babylonian system and everything in it is going to be judged by God. And all those who partake of its sins and fornication are going to be judged. So we must sound the trumpet now. Come out. Hallelujah, come out. Hallelujah, somebody say, come out. Come out of Babylon. Don't get too comfortable in Babylon. I hear the sound. I hear the trumpet sounding. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. We're nearing the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. And I'm going to go to see him out of Babylon. In the name of Jesus, Babylon is defeated. Hey, come on. Can somebody shout in Babylon? Can somebody shout in Babylon? Devil, there's still a people here that love the Lord Jesus Christ. They're separated from the world. Hallelujah. The word Babylon means disintegrate. It means fragment. It means disunite. That's what's happening in Babylon. Have you looked around lately? Babylon means to confuse. It describes the type of work that Babylon does. We live in a confused society. Just in the last few months, people are confused. The experts wear a mask. The experts don't wear a mask. The experts say, going to be a vaccine. Y'all got to take it. The experts say, if we do get a vaccine, it'll only be 50% effective. Well, that's kind of confusing. <laughs> We're living in Babel. Mm-hmm. Daniel was trained in the Babylonian court to serve a Babylonian king. <laughs> Yet Daniel's heart would not relinquish loyalty to Jehovah, the true king. He would allow only godly values and convictions to shape his life. That's us, right? Daniel lived in Babylon, but Babylon did not live in Daniel. Do I have to shout and holler at that? I'm 76. I don't have enough breath. I don't have the breath I used to have. You're allowed to holler it and scream it. We're in Babylon, but we're not going to be Babylonian. You better make up your mind now. Because you hang on to your hat, honey. You think it's going to get better? Oh, when this pandemic's over and when we get back to normal. I'm going to tell you, buddy, we're never going back to normal. Hallelujah. I don't want normal church. We're never going back to normal. Because in Babylon, things are not going to get better 
they're going to get worse. This is, this is pre-tribulation kind of stuff. And I don't want to scare nobody. Hell, if you know Jesus, you oughtn't to be scared. You ought to be excited. Because the Lord allowed you to see the day. Hallelujah, the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's not always going to be like this in Babylon. Because Babylon is going to be judged. And the devil himself is going to be bound. And he's going to be thrown into that pit for a thousand years. And the Lord Jesus Christ is going to set up his kingdom. And there's going to be peace on earth. Hallelujah. And I'm going to have eternal life. Hallelujah. Forever and forever in the presence of the Lord. Babylon is defeated. Oh, somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to shout. I'm in the church of the living God. And Babylon is defeated. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Daniel and his three friends were placed in an academy called the Chaldean School. The school trained a class of influential Babylonian priests. These priests were noted for their study in astrology. Stars. Everybody say stars. Everybody say star. There's only one real star. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. They studied divination. They studied magical arts. They studied soothsaying. Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in that school. Yeah. The Chaldean language of the school where they were was a sacred tongue, which required years to master. And it was used in intricate, mysterious, religious rituals performed by the priests. These were the priests. These were the church. The church in Babylon. Soothsaying. Astrology. Divination. Wow. Under the influence of these priests, students came under pressure to conform. So it happens in your university. Like the university they were going to. It's parallel. The Babylonian system. Young men and young women go into these universities and colleges and schools of higher education. They, they take our choice young people and they try to neutralize and re-educate them into the school's philosophy. Bending their minds to fit in an accepted ideology. The schools decree that students must think and dictate what they must believe. Millions of young people today enter into this Babylonian squeeze. It's been happening for years. 
here in the United States of America, the land of the free, home of the brave. Huh. It makes us wonder that didn't go to schools like this. What in the world are these little mush-headed people thinking? But they've been squeezed into the Babylonian philosophy. The worldly Babylonian system in Western culture has caused major shifts in how society views science, philosophy, and morality. Science. 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 What is science? Science is the knowledge of general principles or truths. They say truths relating to any subject. That's what science is. It's comprehending truths or facts in the mind. Science. Now, early scientists, everybody say early scientists. Early scientists believed that God created the earth. Faith in the God of the universe was the foundation for faith in modern science. It was. Science and the Bible do not conflict under this foundational philosophical approach. Even English mathematician and physicist Sir Isaac Newton was loyal to the Bible's teaching. He began his scientific experiments with the assumption of the existence of a personal God who created the universe. He studied the Bible intensely. French mathematician and philosopher Blaise Pascal was a dedicated Christian scientist who did not view people as meaningless specks of dust in the universe because he knew that people were precious because Christ died for them. That's what he believed. However, modern science has shifted from the concept of the uniformity of natural causes in an open system to the concept of, the, of natural causes in a closed system. Everything that exists is part of a total cosmic machine. Does that sound like gobbledygook to you? That's what they believe. Nothing exists outside this cosmic machine that they created. This new view is called modern, modern scientific view. Not modern, but modern, modern. Is more modern than modern. And it has moved God from the center to the edge and finally out completely. So this cosmic machine has been made the creator and the judge. That's Babylon. Huh. Oh boy, that's scary stuff, man. I'm glad I'm in the church. Hallelujah. Is this all right, or should I quit? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just kind of getting started, you know. Philosophy. Everybody say philosophy. Now, this is an attempt to explain. That's what philosophy is. Philosophy is an attempt to explain values, beliefs, and underlying reality. That's what philosophy is. And as long as society adhered to a philosophy based on biblical teaching of an absolute God who ruled with absolute principles, philosophy fostered optimistic attitudes. A seeker could find reality because God's absolutes were not hidden. But modern, modern science uh -huh, concocted a cosmic God 
with no Absalom. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Some of you look like you're completely lost in Babylon. But then it became the philosophy of the 60s that produced the hippie movement. Rebellion against authority and the search for truth through drugs. Mm -hmm. It's led a society from optimism to pessimism because that's what it did. Man gave up hope of finding real answers for his individual and collective problems. He searched for meaning in a vacuum. All things, including man, are merely a result of chance, they believed. Truth is only in one's own mind. Uh -huh. My wife and I were married in the mid-60s, 1965. Uh -huh. We saw all of this. There was total upheaval and chaos. It was the beginning of the establishment of the Babylonian system in the United States of America. That's where it really started in earnest. Modern, modern science. It was the decade that John F. Kennedy was shot. We were alive, if people were alive at that time, they know exactly where they were when John F. Kennedy was shot. Then Martin Luther King was shot. Then Bobby Kennedy was shot. Then cities were ablaze, civil rights movement. Some people now, seeing what we're seeing now, they don't remember the 60s, but we remember the 60s. But you see, now Babylon has had how many years, amen, to take root because it just continued. Babylon did not die, but Babylon flourished. Amen. And so that's what happened. In the 60s, drugs were touted as vehicles to find truth in one's own mind. Peace is in personal experience. Therefore, the peace movement and the drug movement were supposed to usher in the ideal life. That's what they said. Ideal life. Instead, a whole generation of young people who didn't know truth have turned their back are turned to look for meaning in a materialistic society running rampant with narcissism and humanistic philosophy. And when this kind of experience becomes a god, then occultism is the result. Demonic spirits are everywhere. Both drugs and religions like Hinduism and Buddhism seek truth with one's own, within one's own mind. That's what Hinduism and Buddhism teach. It's humanistic. And both of those philosophies negate reason. Both negate absolutes. Both negate God and the Bible. The Babylonian shift in philosophy was demonstrated in the humanistic manifesto, which many of you don't even know what it is. But it started out in 1933 and was reestablished again in 1973. And the humanistic manifesto is the lie. The lie had taken root in the United States society. The humanistic manifestos reveal the purpose behind humanism. Their, their, their first three tenets 
reveal their evil Babylonian mindset. And the tenets state, number one, religious humanists regard the universe as self-existing and not created. Number two, humanism believes that man is a part of nature and that he has emerged as a result of a continuous process, evolution. Number three, holding an organic view of life, humanists find the traditional dualism of mind and body, amen, must be rejected. So sadly, secular humanism is now the established religion in all public schools. Teaching knowledge without God is the religion of secular humanism. The United States Supreme Court decision to legalize abortion was based on humanistic reasoning. It's clear that Western civilization has experienced a shift in philosophy and all traces of Christianity are being removed from public schools and institutions because of the misapplication of the idea of separation of church and state. Marriages and families are being destroyed by the liberalization of divorce laws. The family is being attacked by children's rights laws. Christian parents are being used or sued for giving children a godly education. It's happening in the United States. And if we don't return the culture to the Word of God, life as we know it is going to be destroyed. But you know, this is all Babylonian. Babylon's going to be destroyed. Babylon's going to be defeated. Oh, hallelujah. You mark it down in your book. Babylon is going to be defeated. I come against every foul spirit that's trying to destroy our children, that's trying to destroy our young men and our young women. Devil, you can't have our kids. You can't have our teenagers. You can't have them because Babylon has got to be defeated. I need somebody to shout with the voice of triumph. Babylon, you're coming down. Hallelujah. 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 Living in Babylon. 14-year-old girl, state of Florida, took her parents to court. I don't like my parents. I got the wrong parents. I got a wrong draw deal. I want to divorce my parents. The stupid judge in Babylon sided with the young girl. She divorced her parents because she thought she had the wrong parents. That's Babylon. You're going to see more and more and more of that, folks. New York's highest court ruled just a little while ago that a 32-year-old homosexual man could adopt a 40 three-year-old homosexual as his son. Humanistic permissiveness has made suicide the leading cause of teenage deaths. It's running rampant right now. Immorality has produced an epidemic of venereal diseases such as herpes 1, herpes 2, and AIDS. Churches everywhere are even publishing booklets urging churches to accept and celebrate with these alternate lifestyles. It's almost like we're standing alone, pal, like Daniel. 
and three Hebrew children. It's kind of like we're there. Some churches and people you thought that they were conservative and they stood for something, they're falling like flies in battle. They're afraid to stand up to anything. There are clear signs that society has shifted from the Word of God to a vain, evil Babylonian philosophy. And out of this Babylonian system, the Antichrist will arise. We're ripe. We're ripe for the arising of the Antichrist. And he's going to come and he's going to find human hearts everywhere that he can rule over. And his main weapon has always been deceit and deception. Uh huh. Because it's all happening right now in science and philosophy and all of the education, the liberal laws of our country and our states now. Hallelujah. You think it's all going down the tubes? Well, I'm here to tell you Babylon's going down the tubes. They say, well, Brother Mallory, you think we're going to have a little more time? We've got an election coming up, blah, blah, blah. I'm not into politics, pal. I'm here to tell you I know when I'm living in Babylon. And no matter who the president is, no matter who, who, who's in charge, we're living in Babylon. And Babylon's got to be defeated. Babylonian culture seeks to indoctrinate people. To change their minds and their convictions. Hallelujah. My God, that fell flat. We have people here who want to just dabble and babble in a little bit. You think the whole, not everything bad is in Babylon? Hallelujah. Some of you are saying, man, Brother Mallory, if you get finished, I, I thought Brother Mayo preached hard, but. My God, you got to go. You know what King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to make Daniel and his friends into Babylonians. He did everything he could to try to make them Babylonians. He wanted them to think and dress like Babylonians. And to be accustomed to Babylonian ways. And if he thought, if I got them long enough, I'm going to get them. He wanted them to eat like Babylonians. And in Eastern tradition, he, you see, sharing a meal with another person, that implied commitment to friendship and loyalty. So he wanted them to eat at the same table. Yes, sharing the king's food meant compromise and moral defilement for Daniel. So Daniel decided... I'm not going to eat it, but I'm going to stand for godly absolutes. Babylon's going to be defeated. Oh, hallelujah. I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost right now. Babylon's going to be defeated. 
come on, somebody say it. Babylon is going to be defeated. Satan, your kingdom is coming down. You shall not succeed. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you God and his mighty kingdom is going to prevail. In the name of Jesus, let God be God. And let every man be a liar. In the name of Jesus, this is the church of the living God. Hang on to your hat for another two minutes or three. Daniel's convictions were based on principles from the Word of God. And he had built his convictions over time. Spiritual convictions stand in harmony with the whole message of the Word of God, the Bible. And they oppose the desires of man's lower nature. They're aligned to the Word of God. If a man obeys scriptural convictions, he's going to develop a godly character. If he does not obey them, he's going to pay the consequences. Somebody is listening to me today. I don't know who all everybody is here. I know some folks. But I felt so strongly. Hallelujah. Brother Mayo knew we were kind of going to make a trip. He asked me to come. Say, Brother Mayo, Brother God, what am I going to preach to those folk? I like to jump and shout. I like to see miracles like still going to happen here today. And I'm known as one of these, you know, inspirational, positive, optimistic. Lord says, go and remind those people in the midst of this pandemic that we're not going back to normal. The Lord has put us here for a very special time and a very special purpose. I don't know what all is going to happen. I know, hallelujah, I don't know what's going to happen. You know what? We're living in a time we never thought we'd be in America where people are being arrested for having church. That's happening in America. There's some that are like you in other parts of the country that decided to have have church in-house. And they're taking them and they're arresting them. And they're taking them to jail. The United States of America. Whoever thought that would ever happen. When I was a kid in public school, once a week, they called it Christian because there was many different Christian organizations, but they would allow a pastor in our town, of course it was the Apostolic Pentecostal, to come and have a session with the students in public school for one hour every week. And they had no strings attached. They could teach anything they wanted to teach from the Word of God. That was only just a few years ago. It wasn't all that long ago. 200 years. (laughs) Can you imagine that happening now? And you know what? We've all just accepted it. Accepted it. Some of us have developed a passive spirit about it. It just is what it is. 
You know, I mentioned I'm not in politics and all that stuff. I don't know about going holding signs and all that stuff. I'm not opposed to it. I'm, but I'm just telling you, man, somebody needs to raise up the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ. You know, I've always believed that the church just isn't the church inside the building. This is where we come for strength and, and teaching and, and all of that and get encouraged in the Lord and fellowship and breaking of bread and all that kind of stuff, drinking coffee in the coffee shop. That's what we do in the church. I want to tell you what, if we don't get like Jerusalem, I'm here to tell you, friend, I don't know if we're going to be doing God's will or not. How did the church of Jerusalem grow in five years from nothing to 100,000? City of 250,000 people. Many historians say in five years, there was 100,000 people that were members of the first apostolic church of Jerusalem. Did they have a church? You just have that building over there. You get. They don't hold no 100,000. Well, I know. What I'm saying is, it's, 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 a, it's a station for people to come. People are going to get getting the Holy Ghost on the streets. And, in their homes. Hallelujah. I, I see a revival coming. Hallelujah. This pandemic has got us full of fear. But hallelujah, just before the trumpet sound, there's a revival coming. There's a revival coming that no building is going to be able to contain. You've got to understand what we're saying. It's going to be a book of Acts revival. Babylon has got to be defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the last days, the Bible says it. There's going to be Babylon. Paul told Timothy in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of blah, 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 lovers of this and that and the other. And it tells all, it categorizes all of them. It talks about Babylon. The same Bible says, in the last days, it doesn't conflict. No, it doesn't conflict. In the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. Where's that going to happen? It's going to happen right where Babylon is. It's going to happen right under the nose of the devil himself. It's going to happen. People are going to be snatched from the jaws of hell in the name of Jesus. Somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to shout because Babylon is going to be defeated. Hallelujah. Oh, I need somebody to shout. I need somebody to shout. Babylon is defeated. Babylon is defeated. Babylon is defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And I'm going to be done here in a minute. Praise God. But moral values, morals and values rest upon absolutes. Absolutes. This is the Word of God. You get out of the Word of God, nothing's absolute. Everything changes. Everything changes. 
You feel like your chain's being jerked every time you turn around. Chain, chain, chain. What? Oh, it's confusion. It's battling. This is it, man. This is the absolute word of God. I stand on the authority of the word of God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I stand on the authority of the word of God. It's the only thing that's going to stand. Brother and Sister Wayne Huntley in Raleigh, North Carolina, their home burned to the ground. There was an explosion in the kitchen. In about two hours, their house was burned totally to the ground. All that was left was ashes. Firemen went in there. Nothing survived. Except when he went to where Brother Huntley Right at the place where his easy chair was, there was a Bible. It was laying in the rubble. That fireman came out, and he handed Brother Huntley his Bible. It wasn't singed. There was not the, there was not the smell of smoke on that Bible. Emperors have tried to destroy it. The devil has tried to destroy this Bible down through the years. Men have been burned at the stake for trying to translate this Bible from Greek, hallelujah, into English. Hallelujah. They've done everything they could to try to destroy it. But you can't burn it. You can't defeat it in any way. Hallelujah. This is the absolute word of God. And we stand upon the authority of the Word of God. Babylon is defeated. Babylon is defeated. In the, oh, come on. Somebody needs to get it. Somebody needs to understand it. Somebody needs to rise. Hallelujah. With faith in your hearts. Praise God. So here every cornerstone apostolic Christian must live in a Babylonian system without letting Babylon live in him. It's a tremendous challenge. But Daniel followed these five basic principles in his life. Number one, Daniel took a stand. Amen. This is, I'm wrapping it all up. This is for you. Daniel's not alive now, but we are. Daniel took a stand. Daniel risked being different. He stood his moral ground. His motto was not, when in Romans, do what the Romans do. He risked his life for convictions and standing. Thank you for that rousing response. Do we have any takers? <laughs> Daniel stood by his final decision. Once Daniel made up his mind... His priorities were firm. He resolved to do what God wanted, regardless of the consequences. <laughs> what if somebody comes up to you and said, hey, you don't deny this book. We're going to throw you in prison. What are you going to do? Oh, I was just kidding. I thought it was okay for a while, but 
I agree with you. It's just a bunch of fables. I, I don't want to go to prison. I think I go nuts in prison. Huh? Some of you are looking at me like this ain't never going to happen in America. Daniel respected authority. I know that's hard to do. He had a good rapport with the country's leaders. He did. Even though the king was ungodly, the king wasn't a godly person. Daniel never treated the king or his officials with contempt. He, he showed sincere goodwill and faithfulness to those who was over him. He worked to the proper chain of command. That's what Daniel did. <laughs> but he didn't compromise his convictions. He relied upon God. He prayed to God three times a day faithfully. Hallelujah. And do you know what happened? His refusal to deny the Lord and stop praying got him thrown into the lion's den. Ah, hallelujah. But Daniel remained totally dependent upon God. Oh, yeah. And then fifthly, he adjusted and applied his expertise. Daniel adjusted to a new culture without adopting it. Without becoming involved in magical arts and all of that stuff in Babylon. He never resorted to pagan practices to predict the future or to interpret history. That's not what he did. His only resources were prayer and the Word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Doesn't that sound boring? Huh? Prayer and the Word. I'm here to tell you prayer and the Word still works. Prayer and the Word still works. Prayer and the Word still works. So then Daniel was the only one that could interpret the king's dream. Uh-huh. The tree falling. Only Daniel was able to interpret the handwriting on the wall. That was Daniel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many Daniels do we have here at Cornerstone? Praise God. Lord Jesus, I'm not really a young man anymore. I I guess I'm a little older. I've been preaching for 57 years, Lord. I've been true to your word. Hallelujah. I hadn't backslid. I haven't allowed Babylon, Babylon to get a hold of my heart. I'm sure not going to allow it now. But Lord, you just allowed Sister Mary and I to come to Cornerstone again. And <laughs> Hallelujah. The year 2020 in the midst of chaos and confusion and pandemic and changing laws and all of that stuff. The spirit of the enemy running rampant. And you just allowed me to come to remind these people that these are not normal times. So let's not live like it. Live, let's live like this could be the last day of our lives just before the coming of the Lord. And the schools and the universities are not going to teach our children. We're going to teach our children. Hallelujah. We're going to be like Joshua was. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I pray, Lord, that you'd put faith into our hearts, all of us. Amen. That Babylon might be rising right now and it might be influencing multitudes of people. 
hallelujah, but help us to understand and realize that you are the true king. You are, as they were singing today, you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the great I am. You're the everlasting father, and you are the, you are the founder of this church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Hallelujah, we're going to win because we're on the winning side. And Babylon is going to be defeated in the name of Jesus. I speak revival over every home, every marriage, every child, every family member. In the name of Jesus, bring revival to our homes. Bring revival to our families. Bring revival to this church. Bring revival to this city. Bring revival to this state. In the name of the Lord Jesus, let's everybody stand and praise him like we never praised him before. Babylon is defeated. Brother Nathaniel, I'm sorry, Brother Tristan, get me 1 Peter 5, verse number 13, and put that on the screen. Thank you, Bishop Mallory, for preaching that. The church that is at 